Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. When it comes to big or small projects around the home, Tony and Corey have got the know-how and the answers to make your life just a bit easier. Here they are, your Weekend Warriors, Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. I'm Corey Valdez. I'm Tony Cookston. Thanks for tuning in with us today. We've got another show lined up for you today that is going to be amazing. It will move you. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> I some I doubt that for some reason, but it's uh, we have a good show nonetheless. Yep, absolutely. We're going to talk about um, we're talking about buying a new home and preparing to move into it and all of the nuances that go on there. I think a lot of times when we think about selling a home and buying a home, we get all caught up in the in the process of selling and buying and we spend less time maybe preparing for the actual move and all of the things that need to be done when you're leaving one address and going to a new address. And there are a lot. It's a, it's a, there's a lot of things to think about. And the, the first number one thing is that there is a cost associated just with the move. And I feel like a lot of times we get rushed into the actual move and a lot of things fall by the wayside, which ultimately can be a problem later. Here's just one thing, just one thing. If you're Taking the if you are moving from one address to another address and you have to change your address, you have to change your address with everyone, <laughs> you know, and that's a major undertaking. And it takes time for all of those places that are sending you mail to get your address changed and start sending your stuff to a new address. And so you Except would accept the junk mail for some reason, they just know somehow, don't they? <laughs> Uh, and so, but, but the first step there is to go to the post office and get a forwarding address so that anything that comes to the old address and the new address all gets funneled into the same place. So you don't, you're not missing things in between. That's just one thing. And, and it seems like it's common sense, right? You have to change your address with the post office and with all of these people, but you know what, in the, in the big picture, of selling your home that you've been living in and buying a new home that's all new and all of the things that go along with that, getting something new, new to you. It's the, the little things like changing your address that seem to slip through. And so we're going to talk today about all of the things that you need to be thinking about when you have made the decision to sell your home and buy a new home and end your life at the first address and begin a new life at another address. And, and there's just a lot of things. So we're going to, we're going to talk about all those things, give you some tips and tricks, and hopefully your next move is a little bit smoother um, because we had a chance to tantalize your brain with some of the things you might've <laughs> forgotten otherwise. Well, you know, you make a good point about the, uh, the address change. I mean, I think we've all moved into a new house and continued to get mail from the people that have lived there in years past. Oh yeah, I mean maybe you not you not so much because you last house you built, but I guess it was probably something that you tore down. But the house that I live in now, I mean, we still get mail and from the people that lived here before. I mean, and sometimes it looks like it's important stuff. Yeah, 
So, you know, it's we kind of try and inf- if it looks important, like if maybe if it's from a bank or an insurance company or something, we'll return to sender uh, to know, let them know that it's sold or gone. I feel like the mail anymore. that shows up at my house for somebody else is way more interesting than the mail that shows up for me. <laughs> oh, you open it? <laughs> no, oh, yeah. of course not. I don't open it. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, like we get stuff like catalogs. Tons and tons of catalogs and just different junk mail that is associated with the people that live here before us. I mean, that's kind of, you kind of know that stuff's going to show up. But when you get bank statements or something from an insurance company, maybe that's, you know, looks like it's important. I mean, that's, you got to not do that. A catalog avoid seems, that. Catalog seems pretty safe, though. I feel like you could flip through that and uh, and not really be in uh, not really be in trouble for you know looking at somebody else's oh, mail. Oh sure, but I do. But you do get to you do get a little bit of insight into the person that was in that uh, in that house before you, <laughs> like the things that they were interested in. Yeah, the guy that lived here was into guitars. Yeah, <laughs> I get a lot of guitar catalogs. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, yeah, you're right. I don't. I haven't had that. I, that has not been something for me because um, my home before the one I'm in now we built. Lot one in a subdivision. It was the very, very first house built there. And uh, there had not been anybody at that address before. There hadn't even been that address before. And then this uh, one was a piece of property that we built a house on. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't have that going on. Um, but uh, it is it is fun to talk about. Well, going back to what you said, though, changing your address, that just forwards, forwards your address, right, to your new one. Uh, is there a mechanism in place that notifies the people that are sending that mail that you've changed your address? Or is that solely on you? Well, that depends. If you have it set up so that it's returned to sender, right? You don't give the f- post office a forwarding address, right? Then they deliver to that address. And then when it gets there, the people that get there say um, return to sender and put it back in the mailbox. And the post office doesn't know where it's supposed to go and then you know you end up not getting it at all or there's of course the, always the possibility that the people that are getting your mail at your old address um just keep it and enjoy it and you know study <laughs> study it they they sort of snail mail stock you maybe learn, learn tons about you <laughs> yeah everything there is to know credit card deals <laughs> oh your inheritance from great great aunt may well, here's a tip, though. Uh, if you are no, you know, knowingly getting ready to move, or if you're in the looking for houses, if you're on the hunt, um, make a list of all of the things that you get in the mail for months leading up to your transition. And that way, you can, after you've forwarded your mail, you know, sometimes you don't get statements or things in the mail every single month. Like, I get statements electronically, but occasionally, like every once in a blue moon, I'll still get some sort of paper statement or something paper in the mail. And you still have to notify those places that you've moved. So on our last move, I actually created a spreadsheet, and I had all of the places that I got mail from over the course of several months, and I just had them in there. So that way, when we moved, I could let them know or I could log into my account online and update my address. So you did you made an electronic sort of um, 
tracking sheet for all of the things that you needed to remember. Uh, you know, a lot of us that are into, um, you know, scrapbooking and stuff, maybe we prefer a notebook. Just get a notebook and have that be your notebook dedicated to all that it is about your move. And you can, you know, you can stick little pictures in there and draw little stick men. No, but, but, but it's a good way to keep uh, track of all the things. If you're not doing it electronically, maybe you have a notebook and you can have it with you wherever you go. Uh, and any way that it is that you do it, keep track of all of the things that are going on in your mind uh, as you do move so then you'll be able to have a smooth transition. So that's a good tip. We actually have to take a quick break, so we'll be right back. Don't go away. You're listening to Tony and Corey, your weekend warriors. Welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. Today we're talking about moving. And uh, there's a lot to it. You know, there's there's uh, packing and unpacking and forwarding your mail. But there's a lot more than that. I really like the tip. Journal your move. Here's something else about that. I know you can do a spreadsheet. Spreadsheets are great, right? But you don't really look back at a spreadsheet in 10 years and be like, oh, look what was important to us when we sold that house 10 years ago, <laughs> you know? But you grab a notebook and you flip through notes that you made and thoughts that you have or little um, receipts and things that you poked in there. You know, a, a journaling your move, keeping all of that information that's important to you at the time in a notebook could be kind of fun to go back and look at later. It's, it's a useful tool now. But then uh, also something fun to look at later, something fun for your kids to have maybe later. Well, I feel like there's a lot of a lot more important things than just having fun with it. I mean, yes, yes, you could have fun with it. But I mean, there's things like, for instance, what if in your move you've hired movers and you get to your new house and they've unpacked everything and you've lived there for three months and you absolutely cannot find a particular box or something. Three months and you're not, you well, haven't unpacked all your boxes yet? I mean, it took you three years to unpack your garage. Come on. <laughs> My garage is still packed. It's just one of those things. You know, it's like when I moved, we moved from a house in our last house to a storage unit. And then we rented a place for a while. And we moved that from that storage unit to that garage. And then we finally bought our new house. So we went from storage unit to garage, from garage to new garage, and to unpack. So in that time frame, I mean, it was, yeah, several months before I even opened boxes or unpacked certain things. And what if there was something that you could not find, and you had to go back and figure out the moving company that you hired? Yikes. Or even the the person that handed you the business card and said, hey... If you have any questions, call me, call me. Here's, yeah. here's your receipt. You know, wouldn't it be nice to have that bit of information stored in a journal or somewhere in an envelope that says, oh, here it is. This is that person. Well, that brings me to another very important tip. And that tip is make a list of the things that you can't afford to not be able to find. 
things that are super important. There's always going to be those things that never even get into a box. They just get put into the passenger seat of your car, and it's the first thing out and into the house. But there's a lot of things you want to make sure don't get packed and uh, potentially lost or you know put somewhere where you can't find. Obviously, some of those things are like passports and birth certificates and social security cards, insurance papers, medical records. Yeah, pictures of you know anything that's very important to you. <laughs> All of you know the family photo album, whatever the things that are really important that you want to make sure don't disappear into. Um, stacks and stacks of boxes for months and months, right? So making that list is a very good uh, idea to keep you from having to spend hours and hours pack unpacking boxes yeah. that you're not ready to unpack yet. I have lost my birth certificate mm. in my lifetime. I have done that. And unfortunately for me, I grew up out of state. I grew up in Michigan. So I had to go... My, actually, my mom still lived there at the time, so she was able to go to the county clerk and get that information from me. But if she didn't live there, I would have had to have flown there really? to get that. They would not get me that information. They wouldn't mail it to me. That's interesting. Wouldn't do it. Hmm. So depending on where you live, what state, what jurisdiction, I mean, they, they all have different rules. So, you know, it's something you don't want to have to deal with. No, that's for, for sure. sure. Absolutely not. But uh, yeah, having a list of those sorts of things, like your birth certificates, your social security cards, your medical records, a lot of these things are available online. But some things you just don't want online that could potentially be stolen or, you know, like a social security card where if it does get uh, copied or hacked, so to speak, then someone can steal your information. Yeah. So it's a good idea to have that list. Um one of the other things I was thinking about, too, is in that journal, when you're getting ready to move, let's say you've lived in that house for a while, your old house, you've sold it, and you're packing up all of your things. If you come across, like I always do, I always keep all of my manuals for, say, my refrigerator or my stove or the furnace or the, you know, the thermostat or whatever. You know, I actually have a file with all of those sorts of manuals and things that I just keep in there. Some of them are irrelevant. Some of them are useful. You know, you might look back on them and go, oh, um, you know, this is still under warranty. It broke and I bought it here. Here's my receipt. It's still in there. It's good to go. Uh, other times it might just be useless junk that you can throw away. It also might be something that you need at the time that you decide to resell that. Maybe right. You're going to sell it on Letgo or Craigslist or something like that. And you want to be able to send all of the original documents with it. Well, what I was going to say too, yeah, that's a good one. But when you're getting ready to move, it's a really good idea to give that to the new homeowners. You know, have you ever got into a position with an old house that you lived in and you just didn't know the situation with the furnace? How old is that water heater? Right. When was this air conditioning put in? You know, it, it would be nice to have the specs, to have the dates, to have those receipts. So when you're going through your things and packing, uh, you know, that's one of the things that I think everybody does. They go through and go, oh, this is junk. They yeah. Shred it or throw it away. But if you find anything pertaining to the house that you have, put it in a binder. The new homeowners will be will love you for it. 
in if you're moving into a new house, probably you could even ask, hey, if you have any, maybe have the real estate agent ask if they if you have anything in related to the house, not just home warranty stuff or whatever, but you know that sump pump down in the crawl space that was installed in 2017, you know, a do they even know that it's there? Would they know how to uh, reset the breaker or where that you know plug is that they could go in and make sure that it still works? I mean, there are things that everybody knows about their house that when somebody else moves in, they would have no idea. So having that to be able to give that to the new homeowners, I think is awesome. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, if you believe in karma, then uh, having as much documentation about the home that you're selling for the people that are buying could potentially help you, you know, uh, with good karma moving into the earn new some, home that, you, that you're moving into. Earn some karma points. Yeah, karma points might result in you getting the as much information as you left for the people that totally. are buying your house. You know, and it doesn't have to be that hard. You can have yourself, you know, a tote or a, a box or a, you know, a document box or whatever, and just throw everything that you ever get with relation to the house and stick the receipt with it and just throw it in that box. Here's another really good tip. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about natural disasters, fires, floods, uh, earthquakes, and the types of things that damage personal effects that are in your house. And uh, and we've talked about one of the ways to safeguard that stuff is to take a photo library or make a photo library of the things that you have, at least the the expensive things, right? The important things, yeah. the notable things. While you're dismantling your entire current home in order to move it to another place, this is a great opportunity, especially now with technology today. Just take your phone and take some video or some snapshots uh, and then make sure that you save those in a place where you can get to them uh, because you just never know <laughs> When you uh, when you get to the house and you're like, hey, where is that thing, right, that we were talking about earlier? And you can go back to your photos or your video and you can see that it was definitely there. You could prove that, use that to prove that that, that, that in, in fact was moved and does not currently reside with you at your new home. Right. But it, it sort of serves as a double insurance policy because if you have some sort of natural disaster at your new place, you'll have that back up. we got to take another quick break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Built by Par Lumber. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. Hey, if you haven't already, go check out our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube channel. Uh, we're at WW Home Show. It's easy to find if you go to par.com, click on the Weekend Warriors link, and that'll take you to uh, our page with all of our individual links on it but uh if you ever miss any part of the show and you want to go listen to it you can go find those wherever you listen to your podcasts uh, we try to upload every week's show on there and uh, if you ever have a question feel free to email us again uh, ask us it's weekendwarriors at bar.com so today we're talking about moving 
buying a new house and moving into it is sometimes daunting. You get into the middle of it and you're like, just whatever, just get it done. Just let me just get in there and relax. But there's a lot of things that would make life a lot easier for you if you started months before, you know, even if you were thinking like, you know, I think I want to sell my house, make life easier for you later. But ultimately we're adding responsibility. What we're doing is we're saying, take the time now, do this bit of extra work that we're talking about in order to benefit you down the road. These aren't really things that make the job of selling an old house and moving into a new house easier but it it is uh it is a bit of an insurance policy like when i think about the task of taking on a an inventory of all of my things that i'm moving a photo inventory or a video inventory that is super daunting and i was talking about how you'll be able to it'll be able to serve you later as well if you were to end up with a natural disaster where a lot of those things were lost or damaged you'd be able to show that to the insurance company this is what i had well here's another little thought that i just had if you're taking photos of your expensive items like a hutch that was made by your father-in-law uh, and it's you know 40 or 50 years old or something like that and you want to make sure that it stays in the shape that it was in take pictures of it before it's moved, if it arrives at your new home and it's damaged, uh, even if it's still there, but it's damaged, well, you'll be able to show that to the moving company and say, hey, look, this is what it looked like before it was moved. And this is what it looks like now. And I'm going to need you to pay for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I have had things damaged by moving companies um, before, and they took very little responsibility. For many reasons, because you, again, you can't prove it unless you can prove it. Yeah. So, well, you know, it happens sometimes that maybe you don't use a moving company. Instead, maybe you move use moving friends, and <laughs> moving family, and moving buddies. Well, the nice part about moving companies is you don't have to feed them pizza and beer. You just pay them. Yeah, so they and they take responsibility if you can prove that it happened. Right. Where your friends just say, well, you probably should have fed us a little bit better. <laughs> or paid us a little Maybe bit better. you fed them too much beer. <laughs> too much. Uh, and, wait, and, and along those lines, this is also important. Before you actually start the, the moving process, you, you should sit down and build a budget. There is a lot of cost associated with moving from one home to another. And uh, having an idea what it's going to cost you ahead of time will help you um, not get kind of too deep into the weeds. I think if you're if you're not paying attention to how much you're spending, I think you can end up spending more than you wanted to. Sure. I mean, we think about it. There's a lot involved in moving. You know, you have to, if you don't have, if say if you're moving far, you probably need a moving company because you're not going to make, you know, 25 trips across the country if you're if you're moving several hours away, you're going to want one big truck. And whether that you're renting that moving truck and having friends help load it and having friends help offload it, you still have to rent it. And you still have to pay for the fuel and the miles or whatever is involved in that contract. So, yeah, I mean, having that in your budget is certainly something that's important. Yeah, I agree with that, obviously, completely. Here's another thought I just had while you were talking about that. You know, if you're moving a long ways... And you have vehicles that you need to move with you. Um, 
maybe you're thinking about instead of renting a vehicle to move your stuff, maybe you're thinking about renting a trailer and pulling a trailer behind your vehicle, right? Uh, here's a tip. If you're going to rent a trailer, like an enclosed trailer to hold all of your stuff, it's notable that there's not a lot of trailers out there that are for rent that have full height doors on the back. There's, they will list like four or five different size trailers. And those doors are four feet tall. Maybe if you're lucky, five feet tall, but not full height. So if you're moving a, a piano or a hutch or something that's, you know, n not a, a short thing, uh, that'll be something to consider the door size of the trailer that you're renting. It's very important. Because you just say, I would just, I want to rent your biggest trailer. Uh, that doesn't mean that the door is going to be big enough to get that stuff in. To stuff the baby grand piano in? <laughs> yeah, or, or whatever that it, that it is. You know, it doesn't have to be a piano to be tall, or it doesn't have to even be a hutch to be tall. There's a lot of tall things that need to stand up, uh, but these smaller trailers have small doors. It reminds me of a shed. You think about buying a shed, a pre-made shed, and then you get the shed at home and the door is only five and a half feet tall. <laughs> and then you get inside and the, you know, the walls are only five and a half feet tall or six feet tall and you're bumping your head. Yeah. It's important to note that the doors on the back of rental trailers are pretty small. Really? Indeed. I will say that if you are moving across the country and you have cars or vehicles that you don't necessarily want to drive, having them shipped isn't terribly expensive. There are uh, hotshot car haulers that will run across the country with two or three or four cars on a trailer, and they do it all the time. Vehicles move all over the place all the time, and it's not terribly expensive. Here's something else that you'll spend money on that you're not even thinking about probably. You ever have somebody come to you, Corey, and say, hey, I'm trying to get some boxes because I'm going to move. Can you bring me home some boxes from work? And then you go out there and you get three or four. That's what you can fit in the cab of the truck and you bring them home. But it needs to be 30 or 40, not three or four. At some point during your move, if you have not bought boxes, you're going to buy boxes. And do you know what boxes cost? They're expensive. They are expensive. Man, if I had to buy all of the boxes that I needed to move my last, I would have, I would have had to take out a small loan. <laughs> uh, fortunately, I work for a retail outlet and we get boxes all the time. And I, I break those boxes down and I take them home and I put them back together when I get them at home. So investing in a uh, tape gun and m multiple rolls of clear tape and, well, and then boxes that are broken down. You I'll know, tell you one thing too. Don't buy cheap tape. <laughs> yeah. You see this some of these things, you know, maybe the dollar store or whatever that are, you know, like a four pack of cheap, cheap tape. That stuff is junk. Yeah, we actually had this conversation. We were talking about U-Haul specifically. And we uh, got burned on we that. We were yeah. also talking about cheap tape. But uh, an employee of U-Haul said, hey, hey, wait a second now. We have good tape. We got great tape. And we're not trying to say that U-Haul's tape's not good. We're saying that out there, there is tape that's not great, and you want to make sure that you use a good, reputable tape. Ask the people that are selling it. Hey, have you used this tape? Is it super sticky and strong? Because I don't want it coming apart as you know as I'm moving all of my stuff. 
Yeah. And that's it. Get some advice. Get some, get a, you know, get a pro tip. Honestly, the only reason I say that is because I bought a six pack of tape and I don't remember where I bought it, but it was junk. Stuff wouldn't stick to anything. It wouldn't stick to itself. Yeah, sure. There's always that 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 type of thing with every product that you buy. Sure. There's going to be something that's not as good as something else. But, um, but go ahead. No, I was going to say, um, real quick, you were talking about boxes. Just as a pro tip, always look online for free boxes. Craigslist. People are always moving, and you'll see on on there all the time. People say, "Come and get them. They're free." You know, because when you move into your new house. You don't want to put 4,500 boxes into your recycling bin for the next right. two months. That's right. You want to we, give them away. Yeah. Or sell them on Let Go. There you go. All right. We got to take another quick break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. Today we're talking about moving. There's a lot involved when you're selling your house, moving to your new house. I mean, it just goes beyond transferring your utilities. You know, setting up your your gas and electric and water and garbage and internet and television and phone. There's a lot of things that you need to do, like update your address. Notify all of your uh, important accounts that you have moved with the new address. Yeah. What else? Yeah, well, I mean, so while you're on the phone with these people changing your address, I mean, you got to assume new responsibilities at the new address and vacate responsibilities at the old address, which means setting up new utilities. You got to call the garbage company. You got to call the water people. <laughs> You got to call the electric people, the water people, the water people, and the village people. You got to call the the sewer people. You got to call. <laughs> well, you know, think I about mean, there's it. There's a lot of things. All those utilities are things that you have to start in a new place. Cable TV, internet. Yeah, because right? you think about it like this. Uh, not every municipality is the same. You know, if you're moving to somewhere far and you're in a new town, a new city, or a new state, a new country, you don't necessarily know where to go to get that information. Moving Some, to the land of far, far away? Yeah, sometimes you'll get a packet or whatever that says, hey, here's your here's your water, here's your sewer, here's who you get your cable from, um, those sorts of things. So it's it would probably take a lot of stress off you if you knew who those were before you got there. And that's probably a good idea. Make that list and take care of it before you go. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, there's a lot of things that are going to be new to you. All of the things that you've been, I mean, this is assuming you're leaving your neighborhood, your city, maybe, maybe even your state, right? And going to a new place. There's a lot of things, a lot of research you need to do about the new place. Like where's the best burger place? <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the most important ones. Right. 
Um, you know, where are you going to shop for all of your things? What is the grocery store, the nearest grocery store look like? Is that a kind of place you want to be buying your groceries? Um, and where are you going to get your hair cut? I mean, what if there's not a supercuts? What are you going to do if there's not a supercuts in your new town? And you're going to have to go to third dimension or <laughs> great clips Great. or something. Yeah. I don't even know what you're going to do. Heaven forbid. Yeah. <laughs> but this is research that you want to do ahead of time and not then just later be surprised. Uh, I didn't even think about the fact that there wouldn't be a McDonald's in the news. Impossible. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, let, here's something else, Corey. What responsibilities do you take as the seller of your home? What are you going to do? Obviously, you're going to empty the house. When you've emptied the house, what else do you... Are you going to shampoo the carpets? Absolutely not. Are you going to wash the walls with TSP? No. You know, here's the thing. What I would take responsibility for is to leave a clean house. That, to me, that's probably all I would expect moving into a new house. I would expect them with that when they leave, that they will at least vacuum the carpets and at least wipe down things. You know what I mean? Uh, obviously, when I move in, I'm going to double that up. I'm going to clean everything top to bottom. I'm going to paint walls. I would always say paint before you go, you know, before you move in. That's a really good tip. Um, for instance, your bedroom. A lot of times you go into your bedroom and then you get all your stuff in there and you say, oh, I want to paint. <laughs> but then you got to take it all out. Yeah. You know, it just seems crazy. Do yeah. it before you move in. Yeah, that's that. I'll tell you what, that opens up a whole can of worms of things that you need to do or should probably do would benefit you to do prior to moving into the house. And that takes forethought. Like for example, when you list your house for sale and somebody comes along and makes an offer and you accept the offer, when do they want to move in? Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. And so you're now suddenly you're out, you're out and you're headed to this new place and you're like, but there's all this stuff I want to do at the new place. Maybe when you're selling your home, you're saying, well, I can sell for this price, but I can't be out for two weeks or whatever, three weeks or four weeks or the amount of time that you need to go to the new place after you've closed on the new place. I don't even know. That is uh, that's a major sort of game there. Maybe you should budget for a place to stay while you're doing work at the new place. Maybe you have to budget for a storage unit to put all of your stuff in for a time while you're doing whatever needs to be done at the new place. Yeah. Could um, happen. Here's another thought that just running through my brain. What about the things that you don't want to move? You're thinking about moving and you're thinking about the size of the new place and you're thinking about what's going to fit in there and what's not. You're thinking about what you want to buy new to replace. Maybe you're like, this couch is done. I'm going to put a new couch in my new house. Well, you got to get rid of that stuff. It's called a moving sale. That's what I'm saying. You got you need to plan a moving sale. Yeah, you just put everything out front, put signs on it, put a big sign all over the neighborhood. Moving sale, estate sale. What if it's November? Is an estate sale nicer than a moving sale? <laughs> it is for sure. Because you used the word estate. I know. What is the difference I, between I, a yard sale, a garage sale, an estate sale. Because I mean, estate I know the difference sale between a garage is, and a yard. Now, an estate sale is everything must go. 
It's everything. Oh. When you go to an estate sale, I've never been, and you walk through, everything you see is for sale. The paintings on the wall, the rug on the floor, everything is for sale. The whole thing, and people go through there, and I mean, it's uh, that's a that's a major ordeal. Next time I move, that's what I'm doing. You're, you're gonna sell estate everything. The whole, sale. the whole thing. Yeah, the whole Marianne, all new. Yeah, that's crazy. But it is something to seriously consider. If you're going to replace some furniture and you don't want to take it with you, you need to take time to get that sold ahead of time. You don't want to move it over there and then try to sell it once you're there. So reducing your your possessions that you don't want to take with you ahead of time is uh, another thing you have yeah, to plan for. Yeah, that's a good for. tip. Get that in your journal. <laughs> uh, one of the things we were talking about just before that was responsibilities. What responsibilities do you take? And I know a lot of people might disagree with this. They would say, well, I'm going to put all new carpets in before I sell the house. I'm going to tell you why that's really dumb. Because the people moving in might hate your choice of color, might hate your choice of carpet. They might hate your choice of countertops. You know what I mean? It's there. There's a point at which you're spending money just to spend it. You know, not necessarily to sell it because having a, a remodeled kitchen is one thing, but replacing granite with quartz just to sell it, you know what I'm saying? It, you're wasting money because the people moving in might absolutely hate it and you, they'll end up throwing it out anyway. So we're talking about the difference between upgrading things to sell and upgrading things before you move. Right. I, I mean, mean, that's the thing is some people moving in, you might have 1970s shag mauve carpet or something, and it's horrible. You might have somebody moving in and go, oh, I love that. I'm going to keep it. Or, and you, or you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm going to replace that because the house won't sell without it. And that is probably a huge mistake because you're going to spend thousands and thousands of dollars to replace something. And... When they get in, you don't even know if they're going to keep it. They might tear it all out and put hardwoods in. You never know. Well, if if the changes that you're making allow you to ask more for the house you're selling, then that is that's an acceptable thing. Well, maybe, you know, maybe. Are you going to be able to ask? Are you going to get your immediate return on investment on painting the entire house? Well, are you going to get an immediate return on investment if you're replacing all of the carpet? There's a couple of caveats there. One is the carpet full of urine stains and smelly and beat down and trashed, right? It, are there, is there paint on the walls now or is there none? I mean, is it just a bare sheetrock and texture? Well, that's, again, that's there are caveats. Sure. I mean, there's I mean, going to be a situation where you're either you have to do it to sell it. You're not even getting anybody walking in the door. You know, <laughs> yeah. they, they kind of, I'm not even looking at that. I'm not even interested. If you move a piece of furniture and the wall behind it hasn't been painted, I mean, that's that's something maybe. Maybe if you have <laughs> well, a, that's on you. If the wall is tan and you move a piece of furniture and you got this big white box there where the furniture was or the headboard on the bed, if the bed's headboard was affixed to the wall, and you're taking the headboard and the bed with you, and you take the headboard off, and the wall's a different color behind the headboard, do you paint that? I don't know. But that's exactly what we're talking about, planning ahead of time so you know what you're doing. we got to take another quick break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to Tony Corey, your Weekend Warriors. 
Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. When it comes to big or small projects around the home, Tony and Corey have got the know-how and the answers to make your life just a bit easier. Now, here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for staying with us. I'm Corey Valdez. And I'm Tony Cookston. Today we're talking about moving. And there's all of these things that uh, you have to think about before you take possession of your new house or sell your old house or whatever it is you're doing. We were talking about budgeting. We talked about buying boxes, renting movers, uh, all of the things that you have to spend money on gas to get there. But here's another one. Have you thought about the fact that you're going to have to take some time off work to make this thing happen? And now that is a lack of income. I mean, maybe you have vacation or maybe you don't, but you're going to have to take some time off work to make this thing happen. And that's something you need to budget for and plan for ahead of time. Uh, You can't just, this is not one of those things that you do after work on the weekends, right? When you're moving into a new home, you need to block out some time and you need to be able to, to give 100% of your attention and time to that event, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's going to take stress off of you if you move into your new house and you know you've got several days to not worry about it. Uh, if you have children, might even be a good idea to hire a babysitter. You know, that way they they you take them somewhere or wherever that is and they watch your kids while you're working. Yeah, this is something you have to think about now before your house has sold. Because a lot of places, when you schedule vacation, you need to schedule it 30 days in advance. Most companies will require you to schedule your vacation 30 days in advance. And if you sell your house and they're like, I want to move in now, and you want to move out now, you might not have an opportunity to get that time off right away. So, I mean, it just everything that we are saying here is reminding you to think about all of these things before it's too late. Because they all play into a successful move that doesn't make you want to pull your hair out. Yeah. I'm going to just throw a quick tip. A quick tip. Quick tip. When you're moving into your new house, you know what the first thing you need to do is? The very first thing you should do. When you're moving into your new house. Your new house. Say say you've already painted everything. You've already deep cleaned everything. And you're moving. It's moving day. What's the first thing you should do? Do you know? I have no idea. I know idea. you know this. I have no idea. Set up your bed. Oh, I hear what you're saying. The first, okay, okay. The very well, that, first thing you should do when you move into your new house, set up the bed and make it. How many times have you not set your bed up first? Uh, Almost every time. And this is what I'm remembering. And yeah, this it's is midnight. This you're is super laughable. Uh, we, I was moving into my house, and this has been obviously a long time ago, uh, but it stands out for me. I used to own a waterbed. As a matter of fact, um, when I was in high school, I had a waterbed. And then when I moved out on my own, I took my waterbed. And then, you know, when I moved into my first house, I had a waterbed. And uh, we we set up the waterbed on moving day. It was the last thing we did. The last thing. And then we filled that thing up with water. And guess what? You can't sleep on a cold waterbed. Oh, no. You cannot do it. It is impossible to sleep on that. And so we ended up sleeping on the floor. If you don't put your bed up first, 
you'll end up sleeping on the floor. <laughs> Even if you don't have a water bed and you have a regular bed. Yeah. I mean, if it's midnight and your mattress is leaned up against the wall, I mean, it's terrible. Yeah. You just want to go to bed when you're really tired after a long day of moving. First thing you should do is set it up and make the bed, sheets, blankets, everything. So just your bedding it. is in a box that gets loaded last and unloaded first. So you know where it's at. That's actually a really thin, good thing. And clearly marked. Good thing to remember. Betting. <laughs> when you're packing, everything that you load into the truck first is the last thing to come out. Right. So if you put it towards the front of the truck and, you know, you need it first, you're not getting to it. So if bathroom supplies, you don't want your toilet paper to be the last thing going in to the truck or trailer. Because here's the thing. A lot of times I feel like you get to the end of the day and it, it's not all done. It's not all unpacked. It's not all in the house even, maybe, stacks of boxes. Um, you do need to have that uh, box or bag or some sort of um, some more sort of list of items that are you're going to need right away. And that needs to be Windex and soap and... You know, hand soap, medication, toilet paper, medication, you bet. Um, and some food for the refrigerator, probably. Water, of course. Yeah, uh, towels. You're going to need some towels. All of those things. Your toothbrush, for sure. Um, anything that you would take with you on a vacation needs to be something that's available to you. Because when you wake up in the morning, you're going to want to brush those teeth. And then make coffee. Yep. So make sure your coffee maker is in the kitchen <laughs> and you have coffee and creamer ready to go. And make sure you know where the, the best breakfast place is in the morning. So when you don't want to cook, yeah. you can go over there. Yeah, well, you won't be able to find any pots and pans. Yeah. Unless you, you know, mark the box clearly pots and pans. That's something else. I feel like when you when I start out boxing all of my stuff, packing all of my stuff for a move. My first couple of boxes are great. It says what's in it. There's like 42 words on the box. You've labeled it all it's four sides. It's on all sides. Yeah, it's everywhere. And by the time I get done, this box doesn't have anything. <laughs> this box says 1992 on it. What What's in that box? I have no idea. It's like when you're like supermarket sweep and you're just walking down the aisles and you're just, <laughs> just piling everything from shelves into the boxes. Yeah. You started out with bubble wrap and you were like triple bubble wrapping everything. And then uh, by the time you get to the end, uh, it's just stacking it in there. Uh, newspapers, right? That's a really good idea. Packing paper. If you're going to buy packing paper, then you're going to spend some money on that. But you can uh, use newspapers, of course, to, to pack your stuff. This is all those uh, moving supplies. If you think about it ahead of time, then you can get supplies that are less expensive or, in some cases, free if you're, if you're in, ingenuitive, right? Intuitive. Ingenuity. In, yeah, if you ingenuitive. use your, if you use your word? ingenuity, then you'll be ingenuitive. <laughs> I don't know if it's a word. If it's not, I think you I made just that up. made it. <laughs> uh, let's talk about home improvements. What are some home improvement product or projects that you should do before you move in? We kind of touched on a couple. Uh, painting, for one, is huge for me. Painting, painting, painting. Get all the painting done before you move in. Uh, another one might be trim. If you ever moved into a, a new house that's an older house and all of the trim is stained dark walnut and you think to yourself, that's got to go. You know, now is the time to do that before you move in. Because I'll tell you what, after you move in, 
it'll be eight years before you get to it. Right. Well, here you said painting, right? Painting the walls is one thing. But if you have to paint the ceiling, which oftentimes is the case, if you have to paint the ceiling, that's got to be done before there's anything in there. Um, and so th that's very important because you're going to need to cover the floor probably unless you're replacing the floor. There's an endless amount of things that you could potentially be doing to the house before you move in. And that is the time to do all of those things. If you're going to make any changes to the interior, obviously you want to do it before you move in and you want to budget for that, of course, accordingly. We got to take another quick break. When we come back, more tips for moving into a new home. You're listening to Tony Core, your weekend warriors. Don't go away. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. Thanks for sticking around. Today, Tony and I are talking about moving, buying a new house, building a new house, selling your old one, packing everything up and moving in there. There's just a lot of things to consider. For instance, changing your address, where, how, how to pack your stuff into the truck so the way you, the, the last things to go in or the first things to come out. What are those important things that you need? Earlier in the show, we touched on some important documents and things that you probably don't want to just put into a box, like your driver's license, or not your driver's license, your uh, birth certificates and your social security card. Your, passports. You know, passports and important insurance information. Um, those are the sorts of things that, if you don't take care of them correctly, are easy to get lost. You know, I had it happen to me. I lost my birth certificate. And I'll tell you what, it is not easy to replace. So if you have it, you know where it is. If it's in a safe, um, sometimes you can just take the whole safe and move it. Uh, other times you have to just keep an eye on it, know where it is and take it with you. Uh, what are some other, we were talking before the break about projects. What are some other projects do you think someone should tackle before they move into a house? I say, uh, energy type things. It, it might be a good idea to do an energy audit on the home that you're buying. If you're uh, that sort of person, if you're minded towards um, an energy efficient home, ha hire a company to come out and do an energy audit, even if you want to do it as part of the inspection. It's not a terrible thing to do. You might find out that that house is not right for you based on the energy audit. Uh, but Take a look at it. You can always do insulation. You can air seal. Uh, you can replace the windows. If you're moving into a house, it's a lot easier to get the, the windows replaced and foamed if you're not living in it. I think that, uh, that those, that's, those are good tips, definitely good tips. I'm, I'm kind of thinking about this. You're talking about what you're going to do in your new home before you move in. I think having a plan for what you're going to do in each of the rooms before you start to move your stuff in there. For example, you know what size the house is, how many rooms are there, what size the rooms are, and how that compares to the house that you're in now 
and what you're moving out of and what's going to go in each room. This is something that um, my wife is particularly good at. She she is already thinking about what corner something's going to go in, what's going to be on the wall, uh, you know, what's going to be on either side of it. And she already knows what furniture is going to fit and what furniture is not going to fit. But you need to know that. Maybe draw a diagram of your rooms the way they are now and how that's going to change so that you're not spending a lot of time trying different things in order to find out what's going to fit where and what's not going to fit at all. That's not a bad idea. Have you ever played with graph paper? Oh, sure. I mean, graph paper is set up with grid lines on it. Quarter inch by quarter inch squares. Yep, little squares. And you can draw things to scale. So you can draw out your room, uh, say if you have a 20 by 20 room or 20 by 15 room or whatever it is. And you can also draw out your furniture on that same grid paper and cut it out color it and move it around the room. Yeah. If you have ever been that person that has put things into a room and then moved it 25 different times, that's a good tip. Yeah. Take a few minutes, make some cutouts of your furniture and play with it. Yeah. That is a really good tip. I feel like uh it it builds anticipation and then uh it we, for for moving into the new home and it makes the whole move thing a little bit easier, uh, a little less like a job and a little more like an opportunity. You know what I mean? I feel like uh, moving into a new place is, is an opportunity anyways, but I, what I'm most excited about when I'm thinking about the move is getting outside of the house and meeting the neighbors. When do you meet the neighbors? Corey, do you meet them after you've gotten mostly moved in or after you're completely moved in or a month after you move in? Or never. Or do you want to introduce yourself to the to the neighbors on moving day, uh, prior to moving day? Here's a great story. We were building our house, lot one, in this subdivision. We were the very first house to be built in there. And uh, we were out there looking at the property right after they put a sold sign on the, you know, the thing that sits out there. And so there's a sold sticker on there, and we're out there looking at the property. We're looking at nothing. We're just looking at dirt and grass. But we were so excited about this that we'd, we'd done this thing. We bought this house and they're going to build it and we get to watch it go up. And uh, the next door neighbors walked across the street and said, hey, we noticed that this property sold. Is it yours? And uh, yeah, sure. We were, that's it. We were best friends forever. We lived in that house for 10 years and our next door neighbors were amazing. Always looking out for us. Look, not all neighbors are going to be the perfect neighbor, but if you don't go out and meet them and give them a chance, then you might not know who you can trust and who you can't. And I feel like it's better sooner than later. And yeah. when you're moving in is the perfect time to, you know, put your nerves aside and and your predispositions aside and meet the neighbors and try to get started on the right foot. Not a bad idea. I mean, you will want your neighbors later. You're going on vacation. You're going to leave your house unattended for a couple of weeks uh, you know, you never know when a neighbor is going to come in handy and uh, being able to communicate with them when you're not there can be super helpful. I know our, our neighbors helped us out a lot. So many times. Good. Good. That's that's fantastic. Well, Tony, what other things should we be worried about or some other tips? What are some other tips that we can employ when helping 
get ready for moving day or on moving day, here's one for you. Change your locks. When you get to your new house, first things first, they right? hand you the keys, say thanks, throw them in the trash, and replace them. Yeah. Because you never know who has keys to your house. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. They hand you those two or three keys that they have, but you don't know who else has copies. Do you try to go out and buy lock sets that match the lock sets that are on the home now and buy them yourself and install them yourself? Or do you call a locksmith or a contractor and have them come out and change all of the locks? I mean, what about the lock on the garage door? And the lock on the shed door, well, the back is, door, the side door. You know this more than anybody, that you can re-key locks. It is a 100% fathomable thing. You can take a lock, take it and have a locksmith re-key, re-key it. it. They, mm. they change the tumblers around and make a new key for that lock. And it will be unique. So you can do that. If you have really nice hardware... Maybe don't throw it away, but you can get it rekeyed. Uh, if you've got an inexpensive, you know, one on the garage door that's pretty chintzy or cheap or whatever, yeah, you can replace that. That's what I say. If it's a junky one, replace it. But if it's an expensive one, I would get it rekeyed. Yeah, there's some other things too. Uh, your first day at the house, and maybe your first day as the new owner with keys, but maybe you haven't moved anything in yet. I would check all of the stuff. I would be looking underneath the sinks, running the water, looking to see if there had been leaks anywhere before. Uh, I would definitely be looking in the crawl space. Of course, you've hired an inspector, uh, which is a very important part of this entire process, by the way. Uh, as As the buyer of the home, you get to choose the inspector that goes and looks at the house and tells you whether or not there are things you need to be concerned about. Checks the roof, checks the crawl, checks the attic, checks the walls, checks the grade around the ground all the way around, the foundation, checks the everything, all of the stuff, the integrity of the home, and uh, and also the stuff on the inside. But you want to familiarize yourself with all of that stuff. Get in there and and uh, look under the sinks, run all the water, the hot, the cold, uh, you know, uh, operate the appliances, make sure everything seems to be working. The furnace, of course, air conditioning if it's there, the garage door opener. Um, all of the things that, that can, be, can be run, you should run them all and be familiar with them. Good idea. Good tip. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Par Lumber. Now... Here's Tony and Corey. Hey, welcome back to the Weekend Warriors Home Improvement Show. If you haven't already, go check out our Facebook and Instagram and YouTube channels. We are at WW Home Show. Uh, If you want to go listen to any portion of this show or an old show, you can go listen to uh, our podcasts, which are uh, anywhere where you listen to podcasts. It's uh, we're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. So you can go check those out. Uh, if you ever have any questions or comments, you can go find us on our website. It's Weekend Warriors, uh, or no, www.homeshow.com. 
uh, but our email address is weekendwarriorsatpar.com. Uh, so feel free to check that out. Email us if, uh, if you want to. Today we're talking about moving. And before the break, you were talking about familiarizing yourself with your new home. And depending on the home inspection, obviously, you're going to be, you're going to get things fixed or you're going to, you're going to know about them ahead of time. But I'll tell you right now, not every home inspector is going to give you a thorough report. I mean, I am 100%. Every house I've ever bought <laughs> yeah. and looked at the home inspection report, within six months of me living there, something has has crept up or reared its ugly head. And they checked it off and said, yep, it's good. Yep. Works fine. Um, so, like Tony said, familiarize yourself with everything. The uh, If you move in and the refrigerator's there, find out where the shutoff valve on the back of the refrigerator is, if it has a shutoff valve. Um, find out where the breaker box is. What sort of, if it's fuses, if you live in an old house and it has fuses, make sure that you have replacements on hand, those little screw-in type uh, or breakers. Um, familiarize yourself with, in that say you have a refrigerator that has a water filter. You know, find out where that filter is. Do you have extras? Um, what else, Tony? Yeah, I, you want to do all of those things. I mean, you're going to check all of the light fixtures. I'll tell you what I do. You know, um, from experience, uh, I, I've known that a lot of light fixtures, all light fixtures, have a recommended bulb that goes into that light fixture. And if you are running a bulb that's producing more light and heat than that then the light light fixture is intended for you, you can actually have an adverse effect. You can actually burn that or start a fire up in there. Um, I like to check the light fixtures and see if there's any, um, there's been any foul play up there. I want to know if something has not been working properly. I, I check the outlets and make sure that they're in good working order and there's not anything weird going on with the outlets. Um, and then of course, you know, there's everything on the interior. I want to put my head down in the crawl space for sure and take a look down there. You know, Corey's example was uh, he bought this house. The inspector said everything's good. We got into the crawl space and look, water under the house. Um, how come the inspector didn't say anything about that? Well, you know, you don't know. It came and went and it was done. And then here's this situation that needs to be taken care of. And so you want to know sooner than later. So get in there right away and check all those things. Get your head up in the attic with a flashlight. Take a look up in there and see what's going on. Uh, you know, we talk about all of this stuff all the time, but familiarize yourself with it early on. Um, where's the shutoff for the water? Did you say that? Is this Well, I just said it on the refrigerator because I only say that because I learned the hard way. Right. That my old refrigerator didn't have a shutoff and it was, it leaked the, the hose inside the refrigerator in the back burst, and I ended up having to spend, you know, $60,000 on a kitchen remodel. But now we have a shutoff there, but there's also the a city water, city water shutoff. At the or, street? Well, I mean, not always. If At you the have edge of the property, usually. Well, or something, if you have a well and you, you, you know, you'll want to find out where that pump is, if it's in a separate well house or a, or a pump house. Um, you'll yeah, wherever your water shutoff is to your house, you want to know where that is. Here's another one. Corey has a gas stove. I have an electric stove. I don't even have gas on my property, but you have gas on your property. Do you know where your gas shutoff is? Right. 
There's a, usually it comes in at the gas main, comes in from the street, and there's a meter there. And that's where your shutoff is there to the main, for the main. Uh, but your appliances that use gas will also or should also have shutoffs at that appliance. So in the behind the stove, you should have, I think it's by code, you have to have a shutoff there. So find and out where that is. You haven't always had a gas stove. So when you came to this property, uh, having gas to the house was new for you. Um, I grew up with gas. So yes, I uh, I did. I was familiar with it. But yeah, if, if I wasn't, my old house that before we moved here did not have gas. Yeah. So you're right. Yeah. So familiarize yourself with, with all of those things. Of course, the furnace, the furnace filter, the water heater. You know, you want to know where this stuff is at. And I like to check outlets. If any uh, appliances are using an, uh, utilizing an outlet, uh, make sure you check that and make sure there's not black uh, burned marks around the outlet. I mean, um, it happens, you know, it happens. And people will just ignore it when they're moving out and going on. And maybe the inspector didn't see it. I just, uh, I feel like it's incumbent upon you to get in there and put your eyeballs on everything so you know what you're getting. Yeah. Um, you can choose the inspector, and if you don't have a relationship, you still don't know how thorough the job is going to be. That's that's all I'm saying. Well, and like I said before, if you rely on a home inspector to tell you everything that is wrong with your house, you will be burned very, very quickly. I mean, every house I've ever bought, home inspector has maybe come through on, at best, 70%. At another, best. Another one to look at is window sills. Check all the window sills inside the house and uh, look for water stains. Water stains or if if the if the window sill is soft because it's been ha- had water, you know, regularly there, that's an indicator something's going to have to be dealt with. Stains, water stains on the ceiling anywhere. Uh, make sure that the fans in the bathrooms operate properly. Uh, maybe take a piece of paper, a flat piece sheet of paper. Put it up there. Just because the fan is making sound doesn't mean that it's sucking anything out of the bathroom. You <laughs> That's know, a good tip. Those fan, fans a lot of times will sit up there and turn but not do anything. Uh, so make sure that it's sucking air out of the room that the fan is in. Same goes with the range hood. Check that and make sure that's uh, working good. Go, you know, look inside of the dryer vent from the outside and from the inside. There's no probably no washer and dryer there. I think uh, most people take their laundry with them, but... Uh, If there's not a washer and dryer there, check the dryer vent. Make sure that it's not blocked, that there's not any gunk all inside there. Um, Those are are important tips. Check the floor in the laundry area. I know the last house that I walked through with someone who was buying it, and they wanted my advice. They said, hey, I want to buy this house. Come over and walk through it with me. Tell me what you see. We're walking through the house, and I'm like, this is a pretty nice place. He walked into the laundry room. Sure enough, the floor was – the linoleum had come – unglued from the floor, from the decking, and it was a little soft in that spot. Now, that softness could have been because the da- the plywood was damaged by something being dropped on it or whatever, but uh, I wouldn't take it for granted, so I would get underneath the house over to that spot and move the insulation and see what the decking looks like underneath that spot. Yeah. See if there's been water damage underneath. That's something else. You're checking the crawl space for water on the floor, but you also want to check the decking up above you if you can see it 
And and also the beams. See if you can see where water has run down through the beams. Could be mushy. Under the refrigerator, under the kitchen sink, bathroom sinks, in the laundry area, showers in the bathrooms. All things to just check. Look for soft floors. Look for um, look for you know all of those things that where the floor seems to be um, old and and worn out. You know that's just those are all things that's going to cost money. Yeah. And you want to know now. Here's one, Tony. Have set up the thermostat. If you if there's a programmable thermostat, go check that out and make sure that's programmed to your liking. And another one is double check that the water heater is actually turned to the right temperature. Sometimes it might be too hot and you'll go to take your first shower and you'll get burned. Scalded. Scalded. I said burned a lot this episode, but <laughs> it's right, real. We got to take one more break and then we'll come back and be done. You're listening to Tony Corey, your weekend warriors. Don't go away. Welcome back to the Weekend Warriors. Thanks for sticking around. Today we're talking about moving. And before the break, I had said that when you move into your new house, to reprogram the programmable thermostat. That's a that's a very important thing to do when you first move into a house, especially in the wintertime. You don't know when the heat, what it's set at, what time it's going to come on, what time it's going to turn off. Uh, just go run and do that real quick. Yeah, take here's your, take here's your five an, minutes. Here's another thing that will just take a few minutes, but is very, very, very important. And if you're not thinking about it, it will slip right by you. Test the smoke detectors. Oh, yeah. They have little buttons on them. You press the button and it makes a loud, annoying beep. But you need to make sure that all of the smoke detectors are working. If they're not, you want to replace them before you move in. Uh, smoke detectors are something that we don't think about. The batteries go dead, they stop working, or they corrode, or who knows what. But if there's a fire in the house, those will be lifesavers for you. Yeah, and here's another one regarding home security. Is A, is there a home security system? Familiarize yourself with that. Uh, A lot of home security systems are through services, so you may or may not have that to deal with. But sometimes you have a standalone system inside of a home. Uh, that you might have to deal with. Uh, but the but another one would be, along with changing the locks, is reprogramming the keypad on your garage door opener. You know, you may get those garage door openers when they hand you the keys. You'll come in and you'll see them on the counter. Oh, there's the garage door openers. But is there a keypad? What's that code? Has someone uh, changed it? Have you changed it? So... That's something you'll want to do pretty quick, especially if somebody, like again, you never know who has that code. Yeah, as long as you're poking around the house inside and outside, checking things and looking around, make sure the screens are all working properly and that there's no big holes in the screens. If you uh, if you need to replace screens, now's the time to do that ahead of time. Uh, and also make sure that all the windows are latching properly. Close the window latch it, and then try to open it. Uh, You know, a lot of times the latch will, 
you'll latch the latch and think it's locked. And guess what? It's not locked. Window latches fail. It, it, is, uh, it is a fact of life. And so you want to close all your windows and latch them and make sure that they don't open while they're latched. Um, that's, you know, if, if the window latch has to be replaced or if you simply have to insert a rod in the track that keeps the window from opening from the outside, well, then that's what you have to do. Maybe you can't replace the latch or maybe you can't afford to replace the window, but you can make sure that that window doesn't open from the outside. So you're changing the locks, check all the windows, make sure those are locking as well. Yeah. Uh, just some general stuff when moving into a new house. Obviously, familiarizing yourself with everything in, the, in there is going to be, it's going to take time. It's daunting. It is. There's a lot. Uh, but don't neglect the outside of your house either. Um, are there sprinklers? You should familiarize yourself with the sprinklers because if you move in in the middle of summer and it's super hot and you know you're you're busy doing other things and before you know it all the grass is dead you know so you can find out how your sprinklers are programmed figure out how to program it and make sure that it's working um, that's a really super super easy thing to do obviously things like cleaning your gutters uh, you know your home inspector is going to probably catch something like that, the, the easy stuff, but you never know. So familiarize yourself with uh, the gutters, make sure they're actually working. At a house I bought one time, the gutters were clean, the downspouts were clean, but no water was making it to, to the, the street. street. <laughs> I actually had to have Tony get up on a ladder with... A hose. A hose. Yep. And you were pouring water down the downspout. Yeah, I, I was just feeding that hose right down that downspout to get it down there as far as I could. Yeah, and water on full blast, zero water was making it to the street. Right. So the water, the downspouts went down to the rain drains, which circle your house. And then those where I lived, they most people, you know, the water goes out to a gutter in the street. A little hole in the curb. Yep. And sure enough, nothing. Out of either side. So that was pretty crappy <laughs> for me because I didn't know where along the line. And I actually had to cut concrete out to replace sections of the, the rain pipe. drain. Yeah. yeah, where the rain drain where it had collapsed. And that was that was something that I learned the hard way. It passed all the inspections, but that was a that was an expensive one. Yeah. Yeah. Um so here's another another lock to change would be the one on the shed if there's a if there's a shed or a shop or an outbuilding and you're going to store uh, things in there maybe potentially expensive things uh, make sure that that lock also is changed and um, and then check the general condition of course of the uh, the outside of the house and like we always say check the foundation very important to walk around and check the foundation for cracks and. Uh, and holes in the dirt underneath the foundation. I just was talking to a guy yesterday who said he has a gray squirrel that lives on his property, and that gray squirrel is tunneling under his foundation. Oh, man. And in multiple places around his house, he's found that a, a squirrel hole that has tunneled underneath his foundation. And, uh, yeah, that's um, that is definitely a situation that needs to be addressed. Uh, I don't know. 
the best way to deal with that, maybe animal control. Um, I don't know, but um, that is something you can't just leave unaddressed. So finding out where those types of things are happening and addressing them uh, is definitely going to be the best way to go forward. You don't want to ignore them uh, just because you don't know what to do. But checking the foundation and the ground around the foundation and the sidewalks, filling cracks in concrete, those are all important things to do early on. Because if you don't do it now, um, is, chances are it'll it'll slip by for years and years and become a major problem. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're Tony. Um, <laughs> yeah. Probably one of the, the last things that you'll want to do, and this is kind of one of those tricks that with any home improvement project in general, is to plan a housewarming party. Or plan a party. <laughs> if you have a date, a deadline date where you say, okay, um, whenever this date is, it's 30 days from today, and you start throwing out the invites and you know people are showing up, that's going to light a fire under you to make sure that you get all that stuff done, get unpacked, get, you know, get everything decorated and painted and put together. It's just a, it's a really good motivator and it makes you feel really good when all that stuff is done and everybody shows up and you get to show it off. I remember having that conversation with you, uh, when you had moved into your house and I remember thinking to myself, you're crazy. You're already planning the party, the housewarming party, and you have got so much work here to do, but it is a motivator and a reminder, a constant reminder that there's a lot of stuff to get done and it's easy to procrastinate and and not get it done but you'll be so much happier and so much more comfortable once all of that work is done and behind you yeah uh probably the last thing on my list is to make sure make sure that wherever you move you know where your nearest par lumber is oh yeah for sure <laughs> you know there's there's always going to be home improvement projects uh it doesn't matter what house you get there's going to be some things you want to change. And then there's going to be regular maintenance items going forward that you'll have to be working on. You'll be replacing fence boards or fixing gate hardware or painting the front door or whatever that it is. Um, but uh, but knowing what is uh, needs to be addressed now, like the concrete, like the roof, um, if, if you own a ladder or and you can get up on the roof and inspect the roof yourself, you should do that. If you don't, you should call a contractor, have them come in. You know, for a couple of hundred bucks, you can have a contractor come out and check things specifically important like the roof inspection, the siding inspection, you know, the windows, those types of things. Again, the inspector that you hired to come and check the house out ahead of time, um, you know, he's not necessarily going to say, I recommend you know, getting this and that. He's just going to say, yep, that's up to code or yep, that's up to par or, or you know, whatever. There yeah, are I, shingles I on the roof. This. Yeah. I don't know if it leaks or not, but there are shingles up there. I passed this inspection. It's good to go. But uh, it would be good to have somebody who can go and tell you how much time they think is left on the roof or on the siding or whether or not something's going to need to be done in the next few years. And the more you know, the more you know. <laughs> that's all the time we got thanks so much for tuning in this has been another episode of your weekend warriors right here on the weekend warriors radio network have a great week